630 Chad presents the Elks this week. A close-up look at the Elks and the Canadian Football League. Every week, we take you inside the game from the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Here's Morley Scott. Uh, very good evening to you. You can't come much closer than the Elks did on Saturday night, can you? They were looking to end that miserable home field losing streak. They came oh so close. They led 16-6 at the half. They led 23-15 in the fourth quarter, but could not finish. The Argos got the game-winning TD with 30 seconds left and went on to win 28-23. Good effort, bad result. We'll hear from Chris Jones from our post-game show coming up uh, later on tonight. But first, a developing story from the Elks. Elks quarterback Taylor Cornelius is in hospital tonight. He suffered a spleen injury in the game. He went to hospital that evening and is still there for observation. Cornelius is expected to make a full recovery, but he will not play on Friday when the Elks host the BC Lions in the season finale at Commonwealth. Now, the Elks didn't say when the injury occurred, but one can probably safely assume it was on that big hit on the sidelines just inside the five-yard line in the fourth quarter. Uh, the hit came from Enoch Mwamba and Brandon Barlow. Cornelius stayed down briefly, got up. He ran one more play, which was a handoff to Kevin Brown for the touchdown that gave the Elks a 23-15 lead. A strange series of events happened after that. On the kickoff, the Argos fumbled, and the Elks got the ball back. But Cornelius unavailable to play. The concussion spotter had taken him out of the game, and that sent Trey Ford in for his first action in about three months. He ran the ball once and then had a pass deflected and then intercepted. Argos ball again. A couple of plays later, touchdown, Devaris Daniels. And that uh, was followed by another touchdown by the Argos as they went on to victory. Cornelius came back to play in the rest of the game and looked okay. Uh, and post game, he talked with us about the hit and the decision to take the hit. Uh, we saw you take the big. Uh, we saw you take the big shot near the goal line. How are you feeling? Yeah, I feel great. Uh, I mean, I get it. Concussion protocol thing, um, but I should. I got to just step out of bounds and not put my team in that situation. Yeah, I, I was gonna ask you that. Uh, did you obviously you thought you could make it to the end zone from from where you were and, and tried to get in? It, yeah, I just saw whoever it was ten. Uh, and I thought I could cut back and, and get in the end zone, try and do anything I can to, you know, to get a touchdown and put points on the board. And at that point, you know, I just got to step out of bounds and not take that shot. Now, that was a Saturday night on the postgame show. Later Saturday night, Cornelius started to feel something. He ended up going to the hospital with what was determined to be a spleen injury. Uh, he will not play on Friday night, and the prognosis is a complete recovery. But where it is, he's still in hospital tonight. Recovering. We'll get more on that tomorrow as the Elks go back to practice for the first time this week, getting set for uh, the game on Friday. And Trey Ford will get the starters rep for the Elks. Looks like he'll get the start at quarterback on Friday. Back to the game now on Saturday. Chris Jones knows this is one that they should have came away with a win. When you got a 10-point lead at halftime, when you got a 10-point lead at halftime and uh, you don't come out and do anything offensively or defensively in the second half, you have to give them a lot of credit. Uh, they did what they had to do to, to take the football back away from us offensively, and then they did what they needed to do. They hit us with some corner routes, and you, he made the throws that he missed in the first half. He made them all in the second half, and so you've got to get, uh, t you know, tip your hat to them. We were talking to Taylor Cornelius earlier, and, and you know, we said you're going 
going into the half with a lead like that, something you're not very familiar with this season. And he and he immediately said, did we get conservative? That was his question, the, you know, saying the question we we're going to ask him. Did, did you think you played that differently in the second half? And was it because maybe you're in a, an unfamiliar situation? No, I mean, it's uh, you got to give them credit. I mean, we ran the football effectively in the first half. We came back out with a 10-point lead. And, you know, you, you need to pound the football. I mean, uh, the, the good teams, that's what they do when they get a lead is they learn to pound the football and win the game and grind the clock. And, uh, again, we uh, we – we, uh, we, you know, at times we even ran it good in the second half, you know, with uh, with Kevin. But uh, we just didn't do enough things top to bottom to uh, to secure the win. And uh, you know, that's I've got to do a better job of preparing uh, the entire football team for that situation. Uh, I, you know, also close uh, that final drive. I mean, I think everyone wants to, in that situation wants to finish. Uh, it just seems like that's another step that this team is getting closer to. But you know, you got to find a way to finish. Yeah. No, there's no doubt. I mean, there's no hiding from it, and uh, it's it's one of the uh, the things that we as a, a group have to uh, find a way to to just do all the things that are necessary, get first downs, burn the clock, uh, tackle better, those things in the second half that are needed to, uh, you know, to win football games. And one more game to do it on a short week, and do everything you can to win that game on Friday. Yes, uh, we've got a short week, and so, again, uh, I was proud of the guys' effort. I thought, mm -hmm. I thought for the most part, we played, you know, pretty hard. Um, and so now what we've got to do is, uh, you know, and, and I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of teams that if they were in this situation, they would not have gotten the effort that we got. So I'm proud of that aspect. And now we've got one more week to be able to come in and evaluate the guys moving forward uh, because it is an opportunity for us to see, you know, who we've got and who we don't have, that type of thing moving forward. Who wants to, in a tough situation, be a guy that we can depend on? And that's uh, very, uh, very much. That's what we're going to utilize this game for. That's Chris Jones from our postgame show on Saturday night. Now, when he said those words, he was unaware of any issues with Taylor Cornelius and unaware of the fact that to take things further as far as looking at players and seeing how they progress, uh, he was unaware that Trey Ford was going to be his quarterback for this game on Friday against the BC Lions. Uh, Taylor Cornelius has been ruled out for the game. Ford will get the start. Uh, now, my question is, I wonder if we'll see Kyle Oxley at all, uh, if he'll move from the receiving core to play a little bit of a of quarterback in the game as well. Uh, he'll certainly be... Uh, be listed as the number two quarterback in the game. Uh, not sure if he'll be in the receiving core or not, but he will be the number two quarterback, and Trey Ford uh, will get the start. This is what we believe will happen moving forward now with the injury to Taylor Cornelius. So it's one more chance to win a game at home in 2022 and end what is now a 16-game losing streak on home field. Ironically, last time the Elks won a game at home, it was against the BC Lions back in late 2019. Since then, 16 straight losses. Could they end the streak against the team? They last beat at Commonwealth. Well, they'll find out on Friday night. We've got it for you here on 6.30, Chip. Uh, they moved the game time today, by the way. It was uh, all season long. It's been scheduled as a 7.35 start. But they changed it today to a 7.45 start. 7.45 will be game time now uh, for the uh, Elks and the uh, BC Lions, and that is just to make sure that uh, there's no overlapping uh, 
issues with the uh, game that will go earlier in the day, which is uh, ha- uh, which is going to be, I believe, from Hamilton. Yeah, Ottawa and Hamilton will play. Uh, their game starts at 5 o'clock our time. So the Elks game's now been pushed to 7.45. That Ottawa-Hamilton game, obviously a big one. They got back-to-back games. Uh, Hamilton, two more wins in Ottawa for the last playoff spot in the East. Saskatchewan's in the mix as well. They'll play at home to Calgary in the final game of the week this week. So that has still to be determined. And uh, after uh, the win over uh, the Elks on Saturday, the Argos still in uh, first place in the East, but they've got a home and home with Montreal to wrap it up. They'll play in Montreal coming up on Saturday. So the schedule maker apparently got it right as uh, he made the schedule for this year because some key games between teams fighting for position will take place in the final two weeks of the regular season. Only one week for the Elks. It's their final game on Friday against the Lions. As I mentioned, we'll have it for you here on 6.30, Chad. 6 o'clock for the countdown to kick off. Uh, Game time now, 7.45. The Elks have the bye week for the 18th and final week of the season, or I guess the 21st week of the season, but for their 18th uh, week for most teams, they will not play again after Friday night. So uh, they'll be done. Players will be headed home. Those that go home, and uh, they'll begin preparations for next year. And Chris Jones will begin his preparations for next year too, which will be all sorts of scouting and looking at free agents and stuff like that. And that's a story for probably a week from now uh, when uh, we get together one more time and uh, talk about this uh, this whole situation. The Oaks will clean out their lockers on Saturday, and we'll have lots of information maybe coming out of that day about what the future holds for the Elks, for Taylor Cornelius, for Chris Jones, and all that moving forward. So uh, that's to come on Saturday. First, though, it's the game on Friday night, your last chance to see some football on Friday night at the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium, the Elks and the BC Lions. What about those BC Lions? Well, we'll find out more from Julio Caravada. We'll check in with the color analyst of the Lions radio broadcasts, former quarterback in the CFL. Uh, when we come back, the first question I'm going to ask him, of course, is will Nathan Rourke play? Uh, more from that uh, on that when we come back. This is the Elks this week on 630. Now, more football talk on the Elks this week. Here's Morley Scott on the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Hey, welcome back to the show. Uh, just a programming note for you tonight. This is our final edition, uh, Monday evening edition of the Elks this week. Uh, we will keep coming at you, though, with Elks news and CFL news all off-season long. Our off-season time slot will be Saturday mornings at 9.30, starting on October 29th. So this is the final Monday night edition. Uh, we move to Saturday mornings beginning October the 29th. Elks' final game of the regular season goes Friday night at home to the BC Lions, 6.30, Ched. Santa's anonymous night on Friday, so don't forget to uh, bring a new unwrapped toy to donate to 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous. Uh, We'll also accept a cash donation. Of course, cash is king as well. So uh, please keep that in mind as you get set to uh, come to the football game on Friday night. And uh, bundle up uh, a a little bit. It won't be really cold, but it will be cooler than we've experienced for uh, football games so far. The uh, predicted high for Friday is 11 degrees, a low of 1. So I imagine it'll be in uh, in the low, you know, three four five or six during the football game on friday night so be ready for that uh, my next guest i'm not sure if he owns a winter coat or not because he lives in vancouver uh, we bring in uh, the color <laughs> analyst from the bc lions broadcast uh julio caravada what's your what's your winter wear look like julio oh no that, you know worry mister i've been doing this long enough i've been to edmonton when it's been brutally cold so oh, i have uh i have a, a vast array, a, array of uh winter clothing so i'll be i'll be ready but thanks for the heads up because i'm 
I might have forgot to check the weather and, and, and just brought my walking shorts like I have been able to do for the last uh, couple, three months. Yeah, I had to do my walk in Winnipeg with long pants on uh, last week uh, when we were in Winnipeg oh, okay. for a road game. So it uh, it is that time of the year, uh, that's for sure. Yeah. It's funny you mention that. Uh, when I was working in Vancouver with the Vancouver Giants for a year, they gave out the winter parkas to all the kids, and they actually called them your prairie jacket. And it goes in the closet <laughs> until we go to the prairies to play games, and that's when you wear it, right? So And that was the uh-huh. time yes, got born with those kids, of course. So, uh, yeah, bundle up coming in. Uh, first question i got to ask you, Julio, and thanks for your time tonight. I do appreciate that no problem nathan nathan rourke status are we going to see him friday <laughs> are we going to see him at all this season you you won't see him on friday no uh, hey uh morley i will say this is that um he has been you know uh, he had his uh cast taken off and he has been standing at practice i know that he's been throwing a little bit so first off like i like i know from what i've heard from and what i've taught who i've talked to as far as the medical staff and the doctors like Everything that he's doing is being medically approved. Like he's not, he's not being able to say, "Hey, you know, I feel good. I'm going out there. I don't care." Like they are, they're X-raying that thing. They're, they're doing everything they can to make sure that they don't, they're not going to get ahead of themselves, right? Because they don't want to have a setback. So, from what I understand, he'll do a little bit more this week, and he'll do a little bit more next week. Now, Rick Campbell said this. Uh, during the press conference uh, uh, before the Winnipeg game, that I think their expectation as things are going right now is that they're going to have him available by the end of the year. Now, I think ideally they would like to play him in the Winnipeg game and then have him ready for the playoffs. But that all depends on how well he prepares here in the next couple of weeks and how his foot uh, responds. You know, it's one thing to be taking drops and throwing in practice. It's another thing to do it in a game. So they're going to make sure that they're ready to go with him and, and they're not going to take any chances. Clearly, if, if he is able to go, that, that changes everything, right? That Absolutely. Everything. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, they're, I, going to, they're going to take their time with him. I got to admit, uh, I saw some video of him uh, when he hit the practice field last week, and yeah. uh, he he was not fleet of foot. He was not moving around very well. No, no, no. moving around, no. which was great to see, but there, he looked a long way from being ready to play in a football well, game last week. Again, again, more than yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he, they told him basically what he was able to do, and it, and there was no like, hey, you're not, you're not being transfer weight, you're not taking any drops, doing anything, right? So everything is being kind of. You know, they're they're baby stepping this thing, and they don't want to do anything ahead of. Hey, you know what? I felt really good today. Can I do this tomorrow? They're not they're not doing that. They're, they're really being very methodical about the rehab and what he does next. And you know, as I said, everybody here is waiting with bated breath as far as um, if, if if he can come back because I think, and you would agree probably, anybody who watches the league will agree that if he comes back, he everything for them. He changes everything. Yeah, he's a game changer. There's no doubt about that. I, I was just looking at the stats. Uh, he's only played nine games, I guess eight and a bit, right? Because he got hurt in his ninth game. Yeah. Uh, but he's still second in touchdown passes in the league, still sixth in yards. I mean, the numbers he was putting up uh, through half a season, phenomenal. Like, we, we, I don't know if we've ever seen anything like that, that, that kind of a start. I mean, he was – and, you know, for a guy as young as he is as well, yeah. I don't care yeah. if he's Canadian. I just – he's good. You know, he's Canadian. That's great. But the, more than anything, he's good. And he's, he, yeah. we haven't seen a quarterback like him in this league for a long time. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. Like, regardless, I know the story right at the very beginning, but regardless of where he's from, he's just, he's just, 
you know, you, you watch it, we bought both around the game a long time. You know, when you see something that's different, when you see something that's not just a one-off, like, we're talking on a basis he was able to do what he was doing, and we're all just going to have to wonder what, what could have been healthy and been able to put a whole season together the way he was going, whether he would have slowed down or whether he would have started to pick up speed on those. But, um, you know, uh, just as a pure selfish note, I, I would just love to see him play right? I'm, I really, really enjoyed when he was out there. He was just so dynamic and able to do that as a young quarterback in this league. We haven't seen anybody do that in a long, long time. It's exciting not only for us, but I'm sure for everybody across the league. Yeah, I, the Lions. I, I don't know. They were they were either eight and one or seven and two when he got injured. Uh, they sit right now at, at eleven and five and in second place. They certainly have survived without him. That's for sure. Vernon Adams mm-hmm. has played pretty well since he arrived. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I think too, um, especially after the first couple of games, I think everyone was starting to get a little nervous here, right? Uh, you know, Antonio Pitt didn't look the best, and then when they made the trade for Vernon. Um, I think everyone, you know, was excited about, you know, him getting out here. But I think at the same time, it's taken him a little time to get used to this offense. And they, they have been a little sporadic. And, and he's getting more and more comfortable with the offense. But I think he, um, and he'll continue to get more and more comfortable. Um, really, the defense has been what's been able to keep them in games, right? Uh, they weren't very good offensively um, against Winnipeg. They, their numbers weren't all that great. Although they did run the ball great, I know very well. From a passing standpoint, they weren't nearly as consistent as they needed to be. And the defense, uh, you know, two two interceptions, third touchdowns, and the fact that Mark Ludgio missed three field goals, I think, also played into it all. But they'll take the victory, and now the magic number is one uh, one win or, or uh, Calgary lock, and they're going to secure a home playoff game. And I'm sure that's exactly what they want to do. They want to be able to host that game uh, indoors and, and with Nathan Rourke at quarterback. Yeah, you know, we, we talk about Rourke being out, but this team's also missed Brian Burnham for a good stretch of games. Uh, Lucky Whitehead was Lucky on the Whitehead. last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the health situation in, in the receiving core, uh, and how do they look as they get set to, to go into the playoffs? Yeah. Well, I think, uh, you know, you said it. I think their, their, their expectation right now is that they're going to have They'll have Lucky Whitehead back. He's got a he's got an ankle sprain, I think, and and you know they're just being super cautious with him. I think he could have played this week, but they're they're just saying, hey, listen, we're gonna because uh, Alexander Hollins or the the receiver they brought in has done a really nice job there. So I don't think there's there's a rush to get him back. And then Burnham, I think, is going to be healthy enough that um, he'll be ready to go for the first playoff game. And other than that, injury wise. Um, I don't think there's anybody there that, uh, that you know, other than Nathan. Obviously, Nathan is the biggest story, right? If, if Nathan is able to play, then, um, you know, they're, they're, they're just a completely different team. And then the thing is, too, Morley, is that I think Nathan at 70%, I think they would, they'd still take that, right? Uh, um, if he can't do any more damage or, and, you know, the way he reads the defense and the way he gets rid of the football, I think they would just they would they would gladly have that if 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 the the medical staff were to say hey listen he's going to be good to go and he may not be a hundred percent but he's you know he's he's healthy enough to play that they would take that and 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 hopefully be able to run it you know <laughs> to make things at least interesting going into the playoffs for them. 
Julio Caravato with us from the BC Lions uh, Radio Network. Uh, Julio, I, I want to get your take from outside on the Edmonton Elks, what you've seen. Mm -hmm. A lot of people around here kind of in the last two months thought they were turning a corner, starting to play better. Uh, they had a real bad hiccup against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, then they gassed the game against Montreal. They gassed the game against uh, Toronto on the weekend. Give me your take on what you see from, uh, from the Elks. Well, you know, what I will say is this. is I, I think that, you know, and I've watched a lot of their games. Um, you know, they've got a young quarterback that's, gets, that I think that's getting better and better every week. Um, he's starting to understand the game better. I think from a physical standpoint, he, he gives you everything that you need, right? Like he's got a great arm. He can run. And I just think that this is a very, very unique game for a lot of the American quarterbacks when they come up here. They're just not used to playing the way like, the, like it's, it's apples and oranges compared to what they're used to playing. So for some, it takes a little bit of time to get used to the game. And I really like his skill set. And I think that he's going to be a guy that um, could be, you know, be very, very good down the road. Here's the other thing is I know, I know Chris Jones well enough and his reputation in this league is that he is not going to um, take what's happening in Edmonton lightly. He is, he knows what it takes to win. He's going to change his team and get his team ready to go um, uh, for next year. And although it's unfortunate of what's happened there this year, you know that he's a fierce competitor and a guy who's going to have, uh, you know, his team ready to go for next year. And ready to go for Friday night. Those that are healthy and ready to go. Anyway, he'll, they'll be there. Julio, look forward to seeing you on Friday at Commonwealth. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Take care. Have a All right. Julio Caravada from the BC Lions uh, Radio Network uh, joining us there. Thanks to him. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer tonight. Reminder, this is our final weeknight show of the Elks this week. We're moving to Saturdays beginning on the 29th, 9.30 a.m. My name's Morley Scott. I'll see you tomorrow morning on 6.30 Ted Mornings. Have a great night, everybody.